Welcome to the Winner's Guide to Losing Football Bets. I am your host, Paul. With me is Dan. I have no idea what we're talking about. Adam. Hello. And Aaron. Is it football? It is football. And we have reached the divisional weekend of the NFL playoffs. Before we get into that, I do want to talk about the coach of the year because it is frustrating to me how they evaluate who should win. Dan Campbell is considered the favorite, but I don't know under what parameters he is being selected. Should the award go to the best coach or the coach who did the best job, meaning did more with less? Dan Campbell is not in my top five of coaches this year. In no particular order, I have John Harbaugh and Kyle Shanahan because I believe building and maintaining a winning culture is difficult and shouldn't be ignored. Then Kevin Stefanski, D'Amico Ryans, and Matt LaFleur because I feel they all have overcome far more than Dan Campbell had to. And this isn't a knock on Campbell because I think he's done an excellent job, but he hasn't built more than what Kyle and John have, and he hasn't done more with less like Stefanski, Ryans, and LaFleur. And for my vote, my criteria would be who did more with what. And if I were presenting the award, that is how I would phrase it. This isn't for the best head coach. The best head coaches are rewarded with massive contracts. This is for the coach who did more with less and built a playoff team. Uh, I, I agree with uh, pretty much all of your points there. I am just going to go with uh, what I feel is the coach of the year, who I feel is the coach of the year, rather, being D'Amico Ryans. I mean, he is a first-year head coach. He inherited a team that was awful. Whatever talent they had was young talent. He has a rookie quarterback. He wasn't even the first pick of the draft, fortunately for them. Yes. But he got that team believing in themselves. He got them playing hard. He, to me, epitomizes what should be the... Sorry. He epitomizes. The coach of the year. Sorry, I was trying to mute Erin yeah, because she to, was goofing around. Yeah, over there. my mic does this and it won't stay. There it is. So, yes, to me, D'Amico Ryans has, I mean, he went into a situation which, you know, you'd never know what you're going to get. First year coach, a team that has been bad for a few years and ha- just looked like it was heading in the wrong direction. And he came in and, and inserted culture. It's very similar to what Dan Campbell has done. He has, he has changed a lot of the culture in Detroit, which has been the culture of Detroit for like the last three decades. Again, there were sparks of that. I mean, you could see some of it last mm-hmm. year. And, you know, just that he's, you know, he's been involved. If he wanted, it, I wouldn't be like, darn it. Yeah. But to me, I, I feel like a first-year head coach stepping into that situation, rookie quarterback, and, you know, pulling out the division at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I think that's big. All right, I'll start with D'Amico Ryans. The entire season, I have discounted the Texans. Uh, I think a lot of people have. And he got them to the playoffs, had a complete blowout with the Browns last week in the playoffs. I know the playoffs aren't part of Coach of the Year, but... Uh, you know, give credit where credit's due. Good for him. Dan Campbell, ah, man, Lions have looked great this year. They've been a lot of fun to watch, and he's uh, broken a 30-year streak. Uh, the new longest streak without making the playoffs is now the Dolphins. 
No, Dolphins made the playoffs this year. No, I think it's the longest streak in not winning a playoff not, game. Not winning oh, a playoff okay. game. Okay. I'm trying, trying to remember what uh, what I heard, and I was like, it didn't sound right, but I think it was the Dolphins. The longest streak wow. without winning a playoff game now. Uh, you can fact check me on that. I don't know if that's true or not. For my pick, I would say uh, Kevin Stefanski. And what's weird is they just fired offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt after the Browns had a great season. And you talk about doing more with less. They went through five quarterbacks this year. They uh, they were without their uh, their running back, um, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb <laughs> for most of the season. And still made it to the playoffs. And yeah, last week sure didn't look like a playoff-ready team, but... You know, Brown, Browns did great. Dan? Sorry. I uh, don't mean to step on your toes, Aaron, but I just, you know, what you, what you said, Adam, just kind of made me think about it. Yes, they went through five quarterbacks, and, you know, they made the playoffs. Last year, the 49ers went through four quarterbacks and made the NFC Championship game, and Kyle Shanahan did not make coach of the year. And that's right. fair enough. And that's where I, for me, it like I like to have specific parameters for what, should be defined as coach of rather the year. than a vote rather than just i mean like i get with the mvp it's it can be fairly clear cut who the mvp is so looking at the recent winners it doesn't necessarily seem like a good omen to win this thing but that said i think you've got some pretty good choices paul uh, the packers had an uphill battle losing aaron Rodgers and still clawing their way into the playoffs but their season was uneven at best and i don't think it looks like that much of an accomplishment without adding in the wild card win against the Cowboys last week. So I think Matt LaFleur is a long shot. The Lions had an oppressive turnaround going from never winning a game to winning the division, <laughs> but Dan Campbell had three years to do it. D'Amico Ryan's taking the Texans from 3-13 and 13 to 10-7 and seven and winning the division in his first year seems like the biggest accomplishment, but was it him or C.J. Stroud? I don't know. I don't really follow football. Can you tell the difference between the two? Between D'Amico Ryan's and C.J. Stroud? Yes. Actually, if you put up pictures right now, I probably couldn't do that. LaFleur <laughs> is, is interesting. I, uh, the reason why I did include him was I really enjoyed watching how he navigated this season and, and you're starting to see the fruits of what he was doing and kind of what he was putting up with with Aaron Rodgers the last you know few years. And we'll get into it later about some of my other thoughts on Matt LaFleur and what they could potentially be, but... One game doesn't make a you know an MVP or a Coach of the Year, but that was a pretty strong statement this last weekend, and that's why I wanted to talk about him because I do think the job he did this year was strong. But yeah, I would give it to D'Amico Ryan's as well because I just it's nobody thought that they could do that. I would say best eyebrows goes <laughs> to Matt Lafleur. All right, let's get into the games. Yeah. Baltimore Ravens, nine-and-a-half-point favorite over the Houston Texans. Damn. Let's go, Texans. I am getting on the Texans bandwagon here. I am so ready to see the Texans cover, uh, but I believe the Ravens will win. That Ravens offense is great. Their defense is number one in the league, as great as D'Amico has done, and I will be pulling for them for the upset. That's, you know, similar to the Niners in the NFC, the, the Ravens are just a juggernaut. I don't have statistics. I don't have all the details. I just have my feeling here. They're playing in Baltimore, and the January weather is a p 
tyrant. I told Mary Grace not to serve you anymore. She didn't serve me anymore, and she didn't serve me any less. I, I think the Ravens will win this game. Nine and a half. Hmm. You know what? In my heart of hearts, I think the, the, the Texans are going to be a, a tough out, but they'll cover and lose. So I have underestimated the Texans the entire season, as I said before. I will do it again tomorrow. And I think the Ravens, it's going to be a blowout. Easy cover at nine and a half. Yeah, my math has the Ravens winning by 8.7, but I think that's low. The highly touted rookie C.J. Stroud finally showed me something against the Browns. But looking back at their season, they just don't seem that good to me, despite what I said about D'Amico Ryans. The Ravens beat the Texans by 16 in the first game of the season, and I think they've still got something to prove. After the first round bye, they're ready to put a hurtin' on someone. I've got the Ravens to win and cover. Lamar Jackson is 1-4 in the playoffs, but this is likely the best team he has been on, and this is the first year without offensive coordinator Greg Roman. It hasn't always been smooth sailing for the offense, but they started clicking the last half of the season which Lamar has largely needed to do by himself as injuries have decimated the running back room and knocked Mark Andrews out for seven games and this first playoff game. Gus Edwards has stepped up as well as second year tight end Isaiah Likely and rookie Zay Flowers, but the strength of the Ravens is their defense. It will be up to the defense to slow CJ Stroud down, which I believe will be more difficult than what the point spread might tell you. Bobby Slowick is on a fast track for a head coaching job, and he will solidify any intrigue with a win Saturday. But in order to do so, they'll need Stroud to hold up better than most young quarterbacks who have faced the Ravens this season. If they can get Devin Singletary 100 all-purpose yards, I think the Texans have a shot. So I'll pick the Ravens to win, but the Texans to cover. San Francisco 49ers, 9.5 point favorite over the Green Bay Packers, Adam. It's weird that I was picked to, to introduce this game, sitting in between a 49ers mega fan and a Green Bay Packers uh, Fairweather fan. Rude. So, I mean, obviously, 49ers are just, this is going to be another blowout. Uh, I don't think the Packers earned their right to be here. It was a, it was a fun game last week. But there was a lot of flukes that happened late in the season that got the Packers here, and they are simply outmatched. And, uh, yeah, 49ers, 49ers are going to cover that. First of all, how dare you? I am not a Fairweather fan. It's just I'm a bad fan because I root for them every week, but I don't always pick them because they let me down. That said, as I predicted but didn't actually put in my picks last week, the Packers got their miracle win against the Cowboys, and if history is any indication, that means the 49ers take them out this week and promptly get taken out next week. I thought it would be by the Eagles, but now I guess it's the Buccaneers. Anyway, my math has the 49ers winning by 8.9, so I was going to say 49ers win, Packers cover. But tonight, I found out that tomorrow is National Cheese Lovers Day. So I'm going for broke, picking the Cinderella story, once what? a humble greenskeeper, about to become the NFC champ. Packers to win. Woo. In the playoffs, San Francisco was 1-4 against Brett Favre and 4-0 against Aaron Rodgers. Saturday begins the Jordan Love era, and it could start a rivalry that hasn't been seen in the NFC in 20-plus years. 
the AFC has had Brady versus Manning, then Brady versus Mahomes, which has turned into Mahomes versus Allen. The NFC has been devoid of great playoff quarterback matchups, but we might be seeing one now. Kyle Shanahan isn't going anywhere. Matt LaFleur isn't going anywhere. Two young coaches, two young quarterbacks. This could be a decades-long rivalry. Now, I'm certainly putting the cart before the horse here. Neither quarterback has won anything, and rivalries don't mean shit if neither side can win the Super Bowl. The Packers aren't built to win it this year, but they also weren't built to make the playoffs, so their emergence is ahead of schedule. Their trash talk is also already ahead of schedule, while San Francisco has stayed very diplomatic. San Francisco just knows they are going to win. But when you have a quarterback with a skill set like Love's, no game is out of reach. Joe Burrow was sacked 19 times in four games and still almost led his team to a Super Bowl win. Now my players to watch are Juwan Jennings on offense and Eric Armstead on defense. I like them to come back and be their disruptive selves, and if they have good games, San Francisco will win going away. And that is what I have, a win and a cover for San Francisco, but I am nervous about this game. I'd like to echo the nervousness uh, about this game just because of last week. Uh, I don't think anyone gave the Packers a chance. I had hoped I was rooting for the Packers last week uh, because I hate the Cowboys. Supposedly the Cowboys were a good team this year. I didn't see it that much, but the Packers blew them out. I think that might be detrimental to the Packers this weekend because they opened the eyes of the coaching staff and the players they saw what happened this Niners team is not going to let that happen I give all the the kudos to the Packers for what they they have accomplished they got into the playoffs that that team could be scary for the next few years potentially was Aaron Rodgers holding them back from making this leap fully embracing this LaFleur slash Shanahan offense that, as we have seen, has been very effective. So what I am looking at here is two teams. They're basically running variations of the same offense. So you got to look at the defense. And while the defense uh, showed up against the Dallas Cowboys, they have been suspect all year long. The 49ers defense, while having a couple of rough games with some injured players, that's not the case. They are coming out healthy, ready to go, rested, and I don't know that the Packers have encountered a defense like this all year. They're not just rested for two weeks, really three. If Pretty you, much. Because they didn't play their starters. Yes. But they, they did do some, some tough practices. Mm-hmm. Last week they had full padded one-on-one, not just one-on-one, ones v. one practices yeah. last week, Thursday and Friday to make to, to like full speed ready to go so they weren't just sitting back drinking cocktails so last week the uh the packers got to Dak. what's his name Dak prescott yes nobody knows anymore nobody, <laughs> nobody cares knows. The, the season's over for here him we here go. we go here we go but they got to him a lot how is the the 49ers o-line looking can they can they put a stop to what we saw last week out of green bay yes all right then it's, and, and it's not so much about, you know, can they put a stop to it, but can Brock Purdy move around it? I think what you're going to see from what I think we're going to see from this game is Christian McCaffrey early, Christian McCaffrey often. 
and it's going to be in the run game. It's going to be in the screen game. It's yep. going to be Debo in the backfield. I don't think they're going to let – to go back to 2019, I, I don't think Shanahan's going to protect Purdy per se, but in 2019 – I think Garoppolo attempted maybe 30 passes in the first two playoff games. I oh, mean, they le- just, I think less than that. Yeah, they just did not let him throw the football. They just Didn't ran the football. Literally like eight passes in the Green Bay game? There, it, it might have been eight and one half is how that ended up Something working like that. out. But, yeah, it, I, and I think, you know, when you don't have to throw the football and you can still get it to multiple guys, I, I, think, it's, I think that's what you're going to see from San Francisco. And I think they're going to let Green Bay be aggressive mm-hmm. and say, hey, bring it forward, and we're just going to get it past you. Yeah. And I, I think it, it's still it, – this is going to come down to defense. The, the 49ers defense is ready to go. Yeah. Offenses are similar. And I'm just going to repeat a phrase that you know I've said before when the Green Bay Packers under LaFleur have faced Kyle Shanahan. As we all know, LaFleur coached with Shanahan, and Kyle Shanahan taught Matt LaFleur everything that Matt LaFleur knows. He didn't teach him everything that he knows. Yes, Dan coined that phrase. I did. No, I never said I coined it. I said I've used it. Detroit Lions, six-and-a-half-point favorite over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Aaron. We're in uncharted territory here because, as we all know, the Lions have never won a game. Even so, my math has the Lions winning by 2.7. The Buccaneers killed the Eagles last week, but is that because Baker Mayfield is just that good or the Eagles are just that broken? I say the latter. The Lions beat the Buccaneers by 14 earlier in the season, and riding the high of winning their first game ever last week, I think they can win by at least seven. We've got the Lions to win and cover. I love the game plan Todd Bowles prepared for against Philadelphia. However, Jared Goff is more savvy than Jalen Hurts. Playing another home game for Detroit will likely help them keep their foot on the gas and not have a letdown, but Baker Mayfield seems to be enjoying this underdog status. I think this game will be a lot closer than people anticipate, as the Bucks have the players on offense and defense to hang with Detroit, but I think the Lions get it done again, but don't get the cover. I am uh, on along the same lines there. I do feel like it, it's going to be a close game. I, I am really aligned with Paul here. I think that being in Detroit, that team is ready to go. It's going to be a close game. It's going to come down to the end. Detroit Lions will win. And oh wait, Bucks are not favored. Three and a half. Detroit. Sorry, I haven't looked at anything. Here. Detroit six and a half. Six and, a half. six and a half. So yeah, yeah definitely. Okay, yeah, Lions covered. No, wait. What am oh I saying? Oh my God, Lions cover. No, Lions win. Buccaneers cover. Wait. Is that what you're saying? No, that's what you're saying. That is what I'm saying. This is going to be such a fun game to watch. Being in Detroit, the crowd is they are going to be on their feet screaming the entire time. This is going to be louder than any Seahawks game. I don't know if that's true, but I hope it is. And I'm just going to jump on the bandwagon with the Lions. And I'm going to say they win and cover. I am totally on board with the Detroit Lions versus San Francisco 49ers NFC Championship game. Never happened in the history of the NFL. Well, no, because the Lions have never won a game. (laughs) Duh. Buffalo Bills, three-and-a-half-point favorite over the Kansas City Chiefs. The emergence of Rasheed Rice as a weapon for Mahomes has me worried for the rest of the AFC. The Chiefs' defense has carried this team for most of the season, 
but Rice's performance last weekend against Miami was impressive. Josh Allen will need to play mistake-free football again if he wants to get the win this weekend, and he just hasn't shown the consistency in his career to do so. And while the Bills' defense isn't as racked by injuries as the Dolphins were, it's still a liability. I like for the Chiefs not only cover, but to get the win. You know, I'm looking at this a different way. I think I think the Bills are ready to take that next step forward and uh, propel themselves into the AFC Championship game this year. And the Chiefs have shown weaknesses in areas over the year. Their offense is not as potent as it has been in years past. And uh, playing in Buffalo, never know what's going to happen. So part of me is somewhat a closet Bills fan, you know, kind of always rooted for them because they've been so bad for so long until like the last, you know, five mm-hmm. years or so with Josh Allen. Uh, and I'm still kind of in that, that mode. And gosh, I want to see Josh Mahomes take him down a peg. Josh Mahomes? Yes, Josh Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Taken down. Gosh, I want to see Patrick Mahomes taken down a peg. Josh. 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 Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. He needs to go home. He needs to go home early. I am taking the Bills to win. And the spread is? Three and a half. Oh, yeah. They're going to cover that. Bills win and cover. Let's go, Buffalo. I agree. (laughs) <laughs> perfect. <laughs> that that I was a. I don't have much to add. Dan was kinda, a perfect response. That kinda, was a perfect. I agree. Bills are going to win and cover, and you guys have hit all the points that I was going to make, in, and then some. There we go. My math has the Bills winning by three point three, which is impossible. So do I think that means they win by three or four? Neither. The Chiefs step it up during the playoffs, and the Bills are the only team to lose four Super Bowls in a row. We've got the Chiefs with the upset. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Winner's Guide to Losing Football Bets. Stay tuned next week when we cover the AFC and NFC Championship game. Should be a fun one. Packers woo. Stay safe.